Hey guys, quick note about today's episode. At the time of recording, we've just received news of Chadwick Boseman's death by pure happenstance. We're talking about his film Black Panther this week. We want to make it clear this isn't an attempt to exploit his death. It's simply weird fucking timing. Given the sudden news, our other option would have been to scrap this week's episode entirely. We're going to try and have our usual irreverent fun, but we wanted to take this moment to pay our respects and condolences to his family. Welcome back to Micah Jiggers with Dan and Emily. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> nope, just leave it. <laughs> Wow. Good start to the show, Emily. Thanks. I was reading, so... Right after I had just asked, you ready to go? Yep. (laughs) So, in one of my news articles for What the Fuck News, there's a fucking weird-ass John Platypus, something about some animals that roamed with the dinosaurs, so that's what kind of, like, caught my (laughs) attention, and yeah. Okay. So, today, we're going to be talking about Black Panther. And before that, we're going to talk about the recent DC Fandom virtual convention, since they couldn't have Comic-Con this year. So, you watched some of the new trailers that they released. Yes. What did you think of Wonder Woman 1984? See, before this trailer, there's another one that was released, and it looked really fucking good. And I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. It was definitely a lot better than some of the other ones that they have released and that one like blew fucking past them so i'm definitely excited for wonder woman 2 i liked the first trailer better i did too the music was better this one just seems like a whole bunch of action clips thrown together and i feel like i've seen the entire movie now yeah i feel like they had to do a little action but maybe they could have like cut back on it a little bit yeah could have used better music too That previous trailer, it had just a really good driving beat. I can hear that song in my head right now. I can't even imagine the song that was in the most recent one. It's just some generic filler music. Yeah. So one of the other ones they've released is The Batman with Robert Pattinson. So there's actually... Have you seen... So at the end, you know, where it's like Robert Pattinson and he's got like the dark makeup on his eyes. People have been trolling the shit out of that picture and like talking about like emo Robert Pattinson and it makes me chuckle every time I see it. I kind of liked that bit from the trailer because that's just kind of a Batman thing. If he's wearing that mask outside of the comics where he has just those white lenses, in a real world scenario, he has to put that makeup around his eyes. So I don't mind that look. I just want to know like, does he hop into the Batcave? I'm like, wait. Wait a fucking second, I gotta black my... So cut my wrist and black my eyes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm guessing that's some song from a made-up band, but <laughs> I don't recognize it. It's uh, Ohio is for Lovers by Hawthorne Heights for all you emo trashies out there. You raise a good point about his makeup, though. In the first season or so of Arrow... Before they gave him a mask, every time that he got into his vigilante getup, he put on this, like, dark green face paint around his eyes. Yeah. It was this constant discussion in, like, fan groups of, like, does he just keep, like, a tube of that in his pocket, or... 
He fucking beats his face with a beauty blender. Well, and then we got to do a quick change back into Oliver Queen. Like, how's he getting that off so quick? It kind of seems stupid, but it also looks cool. I like that they seem to be doing a darker, like, serious version of the Riddler. Yes, I was going to ask you. I was waiting to hold, like, all comments till this podcast, because <laughs> Dan sent them to me, and I forgot to watch them, and so I watched them right before we recorded. You're welcome. And so I'm sitting here, like, I've got a lot of comments, especially about the next trailer you sent me, but I was going to ask if this one was supposed to be like a darker Batman because in the trailer he literally just like bloodies a fucking person for no reason really. Yeah. I mean uh, besides he was a bad guy but like he fucking took him to Pound Town. That's not why I would refer to as taking somebody to Pound Town. <laughs> I think you're uh No, I know. I know. You might have watched the trailer for the porn parody. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to comment. I won't say I'm hyped for this movie because there's just not enough there yet. I mean, they only filmed, I think, a quarter to a third of this movie before COVID shut the production down. Yeah. So they didn't have that much to put in the trailer. It looks promising. It kind of reminds me of the Netflix Daredevil series. Yeah. It has that kind of gritty, almost realism to it and the violent streak in the hero. I'm hoping one other thing they borrow from daredevil is having him get the shit beat out of him too that's something i really loved about that series have you watched that nope i haven't seen any of the um daredevil jessica jones i haven't seen any of those it's a really good series and he's just constantly getting the shit beat out of him but he just keeps getting back up and (laughs) going at the bad guys um yeah this is the movie that ben affleck was originally supposed to star in right and direct yeah and then as he had various issues and the DC Universe had various issues, the role he was going to play just kept diminishing. Because he was Batman in the last movie, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think he also had to step away from the like writing, directing, because he had to go to AA or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was in rehab for a while. I really was interested in seeing what he would have brought to it, because I think he's a much better writer, director than actor. Yeah. But I'm optimistic about this one. It looks cool. I'm interested in seeing what comes of it. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters. I haven't been impressed with... I mean, I'm not much of a DC fan. So, I mean... And I can't stand Batman. There, It's just... He is so... I'm just over Batman. I can see that. He's... The, the fact that in the last 10 years alone, there has been three Batmans. But I can't say the same thing. Because, I mean, Spider-Man. Yeah. But... I don't mind... The different attempts at telling those stories. But as long as we don't keep getting origin stories every time. I was going to say, here's the thing with Spider-Man is that they've been different all three times. Whereas Batman, it's literally the same fucking story almost. It's just like, we're just going to put a different person in here. Yeah. The next one, it wasn't even a full trailer. It was just a first look at the Suicide Squad. Yeah. I hope it's so much better. Can you guess my favorite thing about this bit of footage? James Gunn? Nope. Oh. The complete lack of Jared Leto. This is true, but hey, we got John Cena, and I think, I hope he's good in it. Yeah, he's supposed to be in this footage, but I didn't see him. It's okay. He's hard to find. That was a stupid joke. Yes. I I had to make it. I know. It had to be done. is James Gunn the one that directed most of the Marvel movies? No, he's the one that directed the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes, and then he got fired. And then they rehired him. 
Okay. I'm hoping that by getting James Gunn for this, it will turn this movie around because he is a good director. I think he's really good with ensemble casts, and he's already shown with Guardians of the Galaxy that he can take little-known characters and make them into something. Yeah. So I'm really excited. He makes funny movies, at least the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I haven't really seen any of his other films. They just didn't appeal to me. What are some of his other films? Slither, which is kind of a intentionally cheesy horror movie, and I think he did Super. Yeah, they didn't appeal to me. This, everything I've seen from it, it looks colorful, it looks violent, which Suicide Squad should be, and the fact that almost everybody in it is comic book characters that even I don't recognize means probably most of them are going to die as they should in the Suicide Squad. He did Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. I remember reading about that recently. He was doing like a Q&A or something about the scripts that he originally wrote versus what got filmed because what he wrote wasn't appropriate for children. I loved those movies, though. And he did 13 Ghosts, which could have been better, but not bad for 2001, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Nothing else people will super recognize. I mean, he did Movie 43. Did anybody see Movie 43? I'm sure somebody did out there. But yeah, I'm very optimistic about this movie. It just looks colorful and fun and doesn't have Jared Leto in it. So it's just... (laughs) And I like that they're not just completely ignoring the first one, that it appears to be bringing back some of the characters, at least the actors that would return. The only other one that I wanted to talk about was the Suicide Squad video game. Oh? Didn't I send that to you? Possibly. I'm pretty sure you watched it and responded to it. No, you didn't send that to me. No. I I sent that to somebody. Oh, yes, you did. And I did respond to it. I for- My brain doesn't work. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, it did look really cool. And I'm honestly surprised by the graphics. I don't want to get too hyped over it because all they've shown is like cinematic stuff. No gameplay footage, but... I like the idea of a Suicide Squad game, especially if it's like, did you ever play Marvel Ultimate Alliance or the X-Men Legends games? No. Basically with those games, before you started a level, you picked from a roster of characters and built like a loadout of four on a team and they all battled together through the level and then you picked one to control and you could swap between them depending on what you wanted to accomplish. I'm hoping it's kind of like that. I don't want it to be necessarily multiplayer, but I want to be able to swap in and out between the characters rather than, oh, you're stuck with this person in this level or this person in this next level. I think it could be fun, especially since the whole idea is that their target is to kill the Justice League. Yeah. Should be interesting. How about we go into some what the fuck news? Yeah. Why don't you take the lead? All right. So I'm going to start off with this one, which really threw me for a loop when I first saw it. 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes approved for release in Florida Keys. Now, if you were just reading that title, what would you think? I would think that was a bad idea to release a whole bunch of mosquitoes, but I'm sure it has a reason. So there is a plan to release 750 million genetically modified mosquitoes in Florida between 2021 and 22. And even though people in the area said, fuck this, no, they went ahead and approved it. To me, I don't understand why. Mosquitoes can fuck off because my leg, I literally have so many mosquito bites on my legs. I literally look like I shoot crack into my legs. I look like I have meth bugs in my fucking legs. So are you pro or against releasing these? Against. Okay. I'm actually pro. The idea is these genetically modified 
mosquitoes, their genes have been coded so that basically all the female ones die off. And then the male ones, which it's the females that bite apparently because they need the blood to breed or something. But then the males can mate with the existing mosquitoes that are already in Florida that can transmit all the different diseases. And if they mate with them, they pass along that gene for the females to die off. And so basically they're taking that kill code, they call it, for the biting mosquitoes to die off in their larval stage and passing it on to the existing population. You know, what if some, like, Jurassic Park shit happens with these, and then these genetically modified mosquitoes uh, end up reproducing as, like, they just turn into females and start laying eggs, and then we're all fucked. I think they should die by fire. It's 2020. Something will go wrong. Yes. (laughs) They'll start draining people of their blood. (laughs) (laughs) Florida is already a goddamn dumpster fire. (laughs) Who knows what's going to fucking happen? They'll develop their own shivs and just come by and just like stab people, like double stab in the stomach and walk on. (laughs) Yes. Pass the shiv off to another mosquito as they're going by. Yes. Probably harvest some fucking organs and next thing you know, you're waking up in a bathtub of ice. Yeah. I can see your point. It's 2020. It's not going to go as planned. But No. They did say they're waiting until 2021 and 2022. Maybe those years will be better. Can we just stress Maybe. the fact that it's Florida? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else about that? No. Fuck mosquitoes. Okay. Much like our last episode, my first story, I'm not even going to read you the headline because it would ruin the beauty of the first sentence of the article. Okay. A gospel singer turned celebrity politician in Brazil is accused of masterminding the brutal assassination of her husband, who was once her adopted son, with the help of five of the couple's 55 children. That sentence is a lot to unpack, ain't it? (laughs) It's like a Mad Lib. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's the title? Um, I didn't even write it down. (laughs) But... The full story behind this is uh, singer Florida Lee dos Santos de Souza. Apparently, she's a famous rags to riches story in Brazil and been the subject of a movie even. Well, she met her husband, Anderson, in 1991 when he was 14. She was 30. She took pity on him, adopted him. Seven years later, they were married. Then they had four kids of their own and then were feeling especially philanthropic. So they adopted 51 other children over the years. He was found murdered in 2019 after being shot in the groin 30 times after what the family said was a botched robbery because that's how botched robberies work. More like botched genitalia. Somebody catches you in the middle of robbing their house. You shoot them in the groin, then you stop and reload. Then you shoot them in the groin some more. So then you stop and reload. No, here's what I want to know. What did it fucking look like after? Like, is there anything left? Is it just like hanging my pieces? It's like a rolled up sausage roll, like the guy who is growing a penis on his arm. No, I'm sure it'd be exploded by then. It's like casing everywhere and there's yeah. just like meat hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to picture that. You're welcome. But, uh, yeah, the Bosch robbery story didn't really sit well with police, so they started investigating and say they found new evidence that she ordered a hit on her husband. She's also accused of trying to poison him at least six times before ordering the assassination. Very, you said she's a gospel singer? And politician. Very Jesus-like of her. Yeah. And the laws in Brazil give all members of parliament immunity, so she can't be arrested. 
Ah, uh, the fuck. But the police are trying to get that law changed because of this case, and they've arrested five of the adopted children and one granddaughter for the parts that they played in the murder. My head is kind of spinning on this. What the fuck? It's weird that, like, there are celebrities in Brazil because this really reads like something that would happen in a trailer park. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, adopted son. Husband who was her adopted son. What's your next story? This is a doozy. Okay. It is from Detroit. A young woman was pronounced dead, found breathing in a funeral home. How? A young woman who's in her 20s was declared dead at her home, but opened her eyes when they were at the funeral home. Almost to the point where they would have been draining her blood to embalm her. Oh, God. Just moments before that. Like, did you fall into a coma? So, there was a medical crew summoned to this woman's home because she was found unresponsive. Paramedics tried to revive the woman for 30 minutes and consulted an emergency room doctor. They pronounced the patient dead based upon medical information provided. The Oakland County Medical Examiner's Office said the body could be released to the family without an autopsy. And the funeral home that she went to, she was found alive more than an hour later. I don't get it. I want more details. It kind of reminds me of, have you ever heard how in voodoo they create zombies? Like, not walking dead zombies, but like, basically they use this, I think it's blowfish poison that's highly toxic and basically takes your metabolism and everything down to almost non-existent. So people think you've died, you think you've died, and then they come dig you out of the grave and tell you you're a zombie and they keep you drugged so that you're, like, not in full control of your senses. Yeah. It's really messed up. I wonder if this lady was somehow either intentionally or unintentionally poisoned with something. I want more details. I know. I should have found because a couple days ago there was actually a part two because the two medical examiners were actually fired. That's reasonable. So I wish I could find that other article. If I find it later, I'll let you know. Yeah, that's definitely reasonable because with today's modern technology, you should be able to... Find out if a woman's fucking dead or alive. something. Okay, I have two related stories. The first headline, FDA says, please don't drink hand sanitizer, even if it's sold in a beer can. And the next one is, almost 50 North Texans drank bleach this month. Poison Center warns, stop, it won't cure COVID. Why? First off, the hand sanitizer. Apparently, there's a problem with the popularity of hand sanitizer right now, and everybody trying to compete to make theirs more appealing than the next. The FDA is warning that a lot of the packaging is being made to resemble beer cans, water bottles, juice bottles, vodka bottles, and even children's snack pouches. Oh, I have actually seen this, the pouches one. Why? Why do you need to make them look like food? You know people are stupid. I mean, if you turn around in my little bowl back there, pick up one of the hand sanitizers and just read it. Sweet cinnamon pumpkin. Yeah, and then there's another one back there that I'm sure is like blueberry pie or something. I mean, I get it, but... I'm also not stupid, so I promise I'm not going to eat it. This article had a picture of, it looked like, not even a beer can, it looked like an orange soda can full of hand sanitizer. For real? Yeah, and then just the people drinking bleach. Nobody should have to tell you, don't drink bleach. Well, didn't our, you know, our high and mighty 
super fucking smart president and tell people to drink bleach? I think what he said was we need to think about injecting disinfectant into people. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> oh, God. But he also was pushing that hydroxychloroquine or whatever it was. And then people started looking at like fish supplements or something they had that had the same ingredient. And they're like, oh, I'll just take this, which was at toxic doses. People, just go to a doctor. Don't start trying to drink bleach or make home remedies for COVID Jesus. or anything, really. Jesus Christ. Are you looking at that picture? Yes. Does it not look like orange soda? Well, I mean, the can is orange, but is this like an actual beverage? Because I No, mean- it's not a beverage. It's just, you know, hand sanitizer is alcohol, so they just put it in a can. I just don't get people. Why can we not trust science? Why do we have to try drinking bleach and... <sighs> Because, you know, because science changes all the time, people won't trust it. But that's the fucking point of science. Yes, we learn new things and change. Listen, fuckers, don't drink bleach, don't inject disinfected, hydrochloricin fucking whatever doesn't <laughs> work for COVID. I don't know. I think they've done more studies on that, but mm. like not the fish supplement. Like no. Anything you're going to have in your home. Jesus Christ. I can't. All right. That should cover what the fuck news. Goddamn, people are stupid. Not our followers, though. I mean, I hope you guys are smart enough not to shoot back bleach, but promise me you are smart enough not to shoot back bleach? One can only hope. One can only hope. Okay, how about some Black Panther? Wakanda Forever? Wakanda Forever. Oh, where to start? Had you seen this movie before? Yes, I actually went and saw it in theaters. Me too. When it came out, we went to the next town over and saw it because it's yeah. in a, it was a bigger theater. And this is probably my favorite Marvel movie that has come out in the last few years. Like, I like Spider-Man and X-Men will always be my favorite. But in the last few years, this is probably my favorite. I saw this a couple times in the theaters. When they first announced the movie, I was like, okay, whatever, Black Panther. I didn't know much about him. I didn't really think it was something that would appeal to people. The name's a little off-putting with the history of the Black Panther Party in the U.S. And then they released the first trailer, and that trailer was so cool. Just the graphic detail of this movie is so outstanding. It's got a style to it. Yes. uh, It's so cool. The music I think my favorite part of the movie is I like learning about different cultures and just seeing the immense culture used in this movie really touched me in a deep place. I'm a white woman. I don't know what that's like. I mean, I'm white. I don't have much culture. But seeing them bring an African tribe to life like this was amazing and it made me feel like I learned something, even though this is a comic book movie. I felt like it was real. Yeah, they did a really great job developing this culture and having it be diverse, a collection of cultures within that nation. Yes, because it's four tribes, right? Five. Five, okay. The mountain tribe just kind of stays off on their own. The color in this movie, like, so bright and the clothing they wore. Oh, I think the clothing was so beautiful. And the way their technology is worked into their culture, mm-hmm. like technologically, they are so far ahead of the rest of the world, and yet it hasn't dominated their culture. They still look traditional. Yes. And 
the way their buildings are set up, there's still lots of open space and access to the mm-hmm. outside. I mean, the one tribe that guards the border, and I cannot remember the name. I think and they I just know- call them the border tribe. No, they have an actual name, I'm pretty sure. I think it begins with a T. Okay. But um, they live on the outskirts, but they still use technology, but they still live off the land. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and the way they have those force field shields built into their capes. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. I love that about all of the technology. It's functional and built into their existing clothing. Like they have these really cool cell phones that are just built into their bracelets and they like project. And I mean, even the beads were inscribed with tribal letters. And I don't think they ever said like what it said, but like they were were stylish too. T'Challa's necklace that turns into the Black Panther. Even that was very like traditional. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's so cool. And I just, I love learning about new cultures. And even though this isn't, I'm sure that they probably took ideas from existing cultures in the surrounding area and used them. But it made me want to study more. Yeah, I also really love the music in this movie. Yes. This soundtrack, before this movie came out, 2018, 2017, Mm -hmm. I still listen to that soundtrack frequently. Like, several of the songs are kind of mellow. Others are, like, good workout jams. I was going to say, I don't know if I've actually listened to the legit soundtrack. I mean, it's one of those soundtracks where it's not just music inspired by the film. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all in the movie. Yeah. And, man, The weekend has got a really good song in it. Ah, it's just such a great soundtrack. I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is when they, the, the tradition of the fighting Mm-hmm. And seeing everybody gather and seeing all those culture difference, how, I mean, each tribe is different, but they still collect for the same kind of rituals. Yeah. And I think the fight scene, the two fight scenes there are really good. Yeah, let's talk about that. The first one where it's T'Challa, his father has died. Theoretically, he should inherit the mantle of King and Black Panther. Yes. But tradition dictates... He has to appear at this spot and accept a challenge for leadership of the country. And side note, it's gorgeous because it's like a waterfall. Oh, yeah. Oh, the scenery is gorgeous. But back to the fight. Yes. It's really just a matter of tradition. Everybody there is like, oh, no, we're not going to challenge you except for one guy does show up out of nowhere. Yes. Do you remember his name? M'Baku. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's much more appropriate than the original comic book name. What's the... Man-Ape. Oh! Very uh, problematic. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it is because of his gorilla motif, which is supposed to, like, contrast with the panther motif, but... I mean, that's what their tribe is yes. representing, but... It has very Holy unfortunate cow. racial connotations that they did well to avoid using that name in this movie. Good. But before he shows up, it's a joyous occasion. Everybody's just happy. Like, there's this ceremony that's happening. All these different tribes are gathering. They're dancing. They're singing. And it's just, hey, we're going to coronate a new king today. And we all like him. He's cool. But then when this guy shows up to challenge his claim to leadership, it serves a really important part in the movie because it sets up the rules of the challenge and how the challenge is fought. You can only win or lose by forfeit or death, mm-hmm. but it functions much like the 10 dual commandments in Hamilton. It's explained how this process works so that 
it's very easily understood for a much more important battle later in the story. Mm-hmm. Which, man, that second battle with Killmonger, that is brutal. Can we take a second here? And so back to the first fight. So all of the warriors in Wakanda are female. Well, the uh, the palace guardians. Yeah are female, and I think that is so fucking cool, is that these women are strong. They're also beautiful. Not that that matters, but, like, they're probably for the movie, but they're strong women fighters, Mm -hmm. and they live off of that, and they know how good they are. Um, What is the one that is T'Challa's sidekick? Is it Akoya? I think so. I'll look it up. But... She's just a badass in general. And, well, she's the general. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But she's just a fucking badass. And then um, his girlfriend is also a super badass. And I'm looking up their names. Nakia. Nakia and Okoya. Yes. Oh, you were going someplace with that first fight. So in the first fight, M'Baku and T'Challa are fighting, but it's... Four of M'Baku's men and four of T'Challa's warrior women. And every time somebody goes down, they move in a little bit closer. And it draws them towards the edge. And it just gets... I mean, I watched it laying in bed, but in that fight scene, I sat up watching it, even though I have seen it before. Mm -hmm. And it's been since the movie has come out that I have watched it. But this movie sends chills down my spine almost every time Like there's a fight scene. M'Baku, I like that character. He's not in it a lot. But you don't get the feeling that he comes to the challenge because he's just craving power. It really seems like he questions whether T'Challa's fit to lead. And so somebody needs to challenge him. Yes. And And I think that is good for T'Challa in the end because I think he needed that. And after he wins the fight, uh, M'Baku surrenders. I think mostly because... I don't know if it's mostly because, but I think in part, they're on the ground at the edge of the waterfall, and he's like, your people need you. Give up. He's like, I do not want to kill you. I do not think of you as a threat. And I think the words, your people need you, really kind of was like, okay. Yeah, I really like that character. I'm glad that he got some small play in Infinity War and... Who knows what's happening with the Black Panther sequel now. I definitely hope he comes back because you see he becomes part of T'Challa's, you could say his cabinet at the palace. He's part of the team. He's meeting with the king at the end and they really form a respect for each other. There's a scene when they go to him for help in the mountains and he's like, why should I offer you help? You are the first king who has come here in centuries why should I have any love or respect for your family? <laughs> they have been disrespected. They cut themselves off, but they've been disrespected by the other tribes. Because they wouldn't conform to the technology advances. Yeah, I love that character, and I definitely want more of him. When he comes back in the second half of the movie, because ultimately he rescued, well, one of his men rescued T'Challa from the water, mm-hmm. and they saved his life. And so, I mean, I think ultimately he has great respect for T'Challa, even though he doesn't want to put it off that way. Yeah, and he really had no reason to keep T'Challa alive or care who really, if he's not in charge of Wakanda, 
there's no reason for him to care who else actually is because again, they're just off living by themselves in the mountains. They don't have that much interaction with the rest of the country. So it really shouldn't matter if Killmonger is in charge and fucking shit up because it doesn't really affect them. Yeah. What about Killmonger? I wish there was more character development. I mean, it literally shows him as a kid and then as an adult spy and then he dies. (laughs) Spoiler. Sorry, guys. He's one of my favorite Marvel villains because of the character development I see in him. Maybe not so much what you see on screen, but what they give to him and how he portrays it. I'm not saying that he didn't portray it well. Michael B. Jordan is a great actor and he, for lack of better terms, he killed that part. He executed this character very, very well, which he does in most of his roles as is. But I wish there was just a little bit more. I felt like his character was pushed a little too fast in some places. But like, what if he would have lived? And I never read the comics, so I don't know too much. But like, what what if he decided to, you know, live? And I think T'Challa as a person wouldn't have, you know, he's like, Killmonger goes, why, why do I want to live? Because you're just going to incarcerate me. I honestly don't know if T'Challa would. I think he would have shown him Wakanda tradition and tried to grow him as a person and to be a part of the cabinet. But that's just me. I can see that. I think his death helps grow T'Challa. And I love this character because you can really see him. He's twisted by his hatred, but you can definitely see him as a victim of the circumstances that were created by T'Challa's father when he killed T'Challa's uncle, who was Killmonger's dad, and just the way he was abandoned, and oh, I feel for the character. Like It's hard to agree with him, because he, he definitely takes his anger too far, and like is way too brutal, and wants to oppress other people around the world. But you can understand him so well, of like how he got where he is, and if things had gone different when he was a kid, he probably wouldn't have ended up that way. So one of the notes that I wrote down is that T'Challa comes to the realization that family traditions or even traditions or ways aren't always right. As in the way his father ruled, which he didn't rule the country terribly, but the fact that he killed his brother, lied about it, and left Eric to his own defenses. You knew that he had a, I'm sure... Um, what it was his dad's name? Takana? Njobu. Sorry, T'Challa's father. Oh, T'Chaka. T'Chaka. T'Chaka, I'm sure T'Chaka knew that there was a son. And the fact, like, he left him, and he even admitted, we couldn't. We couldn't take him. You could have taken that child, and you could have, you could have saved that child from the way that he turned out. Absolutely. I love that about the story arc in this movie of, He starts out wondering how he can be a king as good as his dad. And then it takes him through losing his cousin and having to kill his cousin. He ultimately ends up realizing that he doesn't need to be like his dad. He can, well, as Nakia says earlier in the movie, you get to choose what type of king you want to be. And so it puts him on this other path. I think also because every time he drinks the flower, when you drink the flower to turn into the Black Panther, you are buried and you speak to past elders. And he met with his father twice. One was to talk to his dad like, I'm not ready to be without you. And his father's like, you got this. 
you're strong, you're smart, blah, blah, blah. And then he wakes up. And he thought it was so sentimental that he met his father. But on the second time, they had to bury him in the snow after M'Baku saved him. He sees his father again, and he is just so angry because he's like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you take him? And his father is just giving a shit-ass excuse. I'm glad you brought that up because I noticed something watching this movie. One, they never really pick a side of whether the flower actually transports you to the ancestral plane or if it's just a really powerful hallucinogen and you just get out of it whatever your mind thinks you need to get out of it. But when the first time he goes and he's seeking advice from his father, it's really dark. All of his ancestors are taking the form of panthers until his dad like assumes a human form. And it's just really mysterious. And then later, after he's learned more about his family and he's making his own decisions, he goes back and it's all bright and in sunlight. And you see all the ancestors as the people they were. It's like his eyes have been opened. He sees them as the like flawed human beings they are. And he doesn't need the mystery and mysticism of it. He's choosing to chart his own path. And that's the point I think he becomes a king. When he accepts the responsibility in himself. The whole conflict between Njobu and T'Chaka, brothers, prince, and the king. Njobu has been sent to basically observe in the U.S. And he's just such a good guy that he's moved by the suffering of other people in the world and people of color. He's like, wow, we are like super privileged. We gotta do what we can to help these people. And yeah, he's collecting weapons, but you don't get the feeling like he's as angry and hateful as his son ultimately ends up being. But there's definitely this undercurrent in the movie of, is Wakanda doing enough? Do they have a responsibility to the other people, especially people of color in the world, to lift them up, liberate them, as Killmonger might say? What do you think of that? Like, Do they have a moral responsibility to go basically... <laughs> interfering in every other country's politics just because they have the power like does do they have the responsibility or do they have the right either way yes because they have access to the resources you know to help give aid to some of the extremely poor areas but i don't think they need to be going pulling a u.s basically like mm -hmm. we're gonna help you and make things fucking worse but I don't think they make things worse. I But I also see that other governments are like, you're overstepping your boundaries. Yeah, but I do think they could, you know, help out a little bit more. Like at the end where you see that that building that... um Was the apartment where Njobu yes. was murdered. Yes. And T'Challa bought it. And his sister and um, Nakia, they're going to head a science center there. And... I think that is a good step to starting to give back into low-income areas. Education. I think education is extremely important, especially where it isn't as widely accessible. Yeah, I think that is a good way to make an impact. Outreach and science and medicine. But also, there is a like threat of, if they let the rest of the world know too much about their culture, because the rest of the world thinks they're just this third world shithole. If they let everybody else know about how vibranium powers everything and how advanced they are, the rest of the world's going to want that shit. Yes. Yeah, so and I think it's taking it slow 
even if you share that power technology, power can be used, like in this movie, the vibranium power can be used to power medicine and medical equipment. But it can, it can also, also be, be used, used to make some pretty big bombs. Yes. And, I mean, it healed that CIA guy, but it can also be used for destruction. And they had so many weapons and they were creating mass amounts of weapons. They are going to take them to other countries. And that could have been so bad. Like, I don't think they're ready to show that advancement yet. But taking small steps might warm everybody up. Like, okay, maybe they're not, like, they're still not a rich land, but they can offer something, maybe. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like in Star Trek, there's this principle they call the Prime Directive, where Starfleet isn't allowed to interfere with other alien species that aren't up to their level of technology, because even if they're well-meaning, it's unpredictable how just giving somebody, oh, here's the plans to a warp engine. Yeah, that might help them explore the universe and develop as a culture, or it might just lead them to be conquerors. Like You just don't know how it's going to impact a culture. I can see that same argument applying because Wakanda is so fucking ahead of everybody. Oh, yeah. They might as well be an alien culture. Pretty much. For a second, can we just talk about how much Shuri is a badass? She is so smart and so innovative. And she's 17? Yeah, something like that. That's ridiculous. And I give that girl mad props. I was talking to somebody earlier about what are they going to do now with Black Panther? Because unfortunately, Chadwick Boseman's not around. Should they recast or not? In the comics, at one point, Shuri became the Black Panther. I think that could be an interesting road for them to go down, especially with Peter Parker and Spider-Man possibly leaving the MCU. Mm -hmm. That gives them another young character who can have that learning the ropes and finding their place in the world story arc. Yeah. I don't know how she would win a challenge against anybody, but it's a road they could go down. It's She could, tra to she could train to fight with Akoya and Nakia. Or even M'Baku. Like, have him... I think she has plenty of resources to learn how to do combat. Well, he could take on the mantle and, like, basically be a, I don't know, um, fill in until she's ready. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think they should be in a hurry to sort this out. Like, no. give everybody time to process what's happened. So many of them didn't even know he was sick, even the ones that were working closely with him. No, it was, it's, it's so sad because... There was a few pictures taken near the end, and you could, like, I haven't seen anything on him in a long time, and so, like, pictures that were popping up, my goodness, and he just looked so gaunt in the face, but he always had a smile. My first reaction when the news came out was, that's so terrible, I didn't even know he was sick, and then it was one of those thoughts that kept me awake at night, where it was suddenly remembering, oh, a few months ago... There was these articles going around where people were worried about his health and they just passed it off as, well, he's preparing for a role. He's lost weight like actors do. And it's just unfortunate that he was suffering in silence. And that's so sad because I know it's none of the world's business, but like, I wonder if there was more that could have been done. And I don't know the full story. And the fact that he had cancer while filming I think six or what, six movies over the last four years? Something like that. It was the same year that he was cast as Black Panther for Civil War was the year he was diagnosed at stage three. 
it makes you wonder if That's all a- these roles played a like toll on his health. It, this role is such a gift and an inspiration to young children of color who didn't have a whole lot of heroes that looked like them. But at the same time, like he's a maybe, hero in himself. Maybe he could have lived longer if he wasn't doing these if movies. He took the time for himself, but but yeah, that's all I really had to say on Black Panther. Anything else you wanted to add? Not really. Um, no. So since we've been talking about Wakanda and this strange, isolated, almost alien country. We thought we would discuss just strange, weird laws we found from around the world. Why don't you go first? So my first one is the age-old question of what do Scottish men wear underneath their kilts may have a simple legal answer. Scots must not wear any underwear under their kilts or be fined two beers according to old but entertaining laws. (laughs) I mean, Scots take their beer serious. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Is that all you had on that one? Yeah. It, some of these are a little short. Um, my first one is just kind of like a collection of laws from North Korea, which is kind of the type of country I think Wakanda would have become under Killmonger's leadership. So only male government officials can drive a car in North Korea. There's so few of them that it's estimated only one in every 100 people have a car. Oh. Women are completely forbidden to drive, even those working as traffic officers. I'm honestly surprised that women can be traffic officers. Yeah, it seems odd. And one thing you don't want to do in North Korea is fall asleep while Kim Jong-un is speaking. (laughs) Well, it's not really a laughing matter. I could assume so. So it happened to a defense minister and he was executed. (laughs) And according to defectors, he is not the only person that Kim Jong-un has had executed by strapping them to the front of an anti-aircraft gun and pulling the trigger. Which, if you've ever seen those guns, they're not small. Fuck. That's a harsh way to go. Mm. What's your next one? So, Poland, I'm going to botch this name. It's a town in Poland called Tunzian. Kids who live in this town in Poland must leave their Winnie the Pooh backpacks, lunchboxes, and hats at home as the beloved cartoon character has been deemed an inappropriate hermaphrodite. (laughs) I came across that one, too. Because he doesn't wear pants and has non-gender-specific genitalia. Pooh is banned from all playgrounds and children's areas. This is my favorite part. Donald Duck, consider yourself warned. (laughs) But, like, Winnie the Pooh, though, he's harmless. He's also not wearing pants. It's a fucking bear. Still has some decency. Okay. (laughs) Here's a great one. Since 2007, China has banned Buddhist monks in Tibet from reincarnating without government permission. I read that one. Which is kind of a weird law for an atheist government to enact. Did you read into, like, why? Not really, because I wasn't picking it. Okay, so basically it comes down to the Dalai Lama, because he's been living in exile from Tibet since the 50s when the Chinese took over Tibet. And traditionally, it's believed that the Dalai Lama can control where he's going to reincarnate. And he said, I'm not going to reincarnate into any Chinese-controlled land. So by controlling who is a valid reincarnation, who isn't, this sets them up to basically after he dies, and he's been a very vocal opponent of the Chinese government, 
they can just pick their own replacement Dalai Lama after he's passed and say, hey, he's the guy who validly reincarnated. I think that's going to be an interesting situation because you're going to end up with a Chinese Dalai Lama who supports their regime. Mm -hmm. And then the actual Tibetan Buddhist leadership, they're going to find who they say is the legitimate reincarnation. Think whatever you want to about reincarnation itself. I think as a political situation, that's interesting. A little bit, yeah. And the fact that they've just preemptively passed this law because he's getting up there in years and like, fingers crossed, <laughs> he's going to pass eventually and we're going to pick somebody who's just going to fall in line with us. Pretty much. So just wait till you hear this one because I can actually give you specifics on this. Okay. You know, people argue about weight all the time. In Japan, they decided to ban overweight people. It is illegal to be obese. So for a male, it is 85 centimeters or 33.5 inches waistline. And women, it is 90 centimeters or 35 inches waistline. I would actually be considered obese, Dan. I would not consider you obese. Exactly. Because I just had my waist measured because I've been doing a diet and just... I. It's bad because I shouldn't track it, but just for my personal mental health, I have been, once every couple of months, I have been tracking it, and my latest measurement isn't even this yet, so I would actually be considered overweight if I was Japanese. (laughs) In fairness, they are a smaller people. They also live an extremely healthier lifestyle. True. Unlike Merka. So, as I was searching for weird laws, I came across this one. In an article about strange laws, and it made me say, what the fuck? Okay. There's a law in Germany that makes a wedding invalid if one or both of the participants were in a state of unconsciousness or did not know at the time of the marriage that was a marriage. What? Why is that a strange law? Why? What happened that it became a law? Well, that's a law that makes sense. If you're unconscious, you shouldn't be allowed to get married. You know, it also goes along the lines of like... In America, how people are like, somebody who is unconscious can't say no and are raped and be like, but you didn't say no. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. When I found this quote unquote strange law, I just, in my head, I'm like, was this written by a caveman? Like, is he just like sitting in his cave typing away? Like, what is this bullshit? How am I supposed to get a bride if I can't hit her over the head and drag her back to the cave? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I just don't understand why this made it into an article about weird laws. It's fucking weird. Is that what you had on that one? Yeah. All right. So my last one, (laughs) it isn't from another country, but Florida could be honestly its own fucking country at this point. (laughs) So this one reads, are you married, a woman, or love skydiving in Florida? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for your (laughs) in florida it's illegal for a married woman to go skydiving on a sunday breaking the law can result in fines arrest and jail time which almost goes with there is another one that is i think it's on the east coast that in this state in the united states A man can legally beat his wife, like literally beat his wife, as long as it's in public on Sunday. What the hell? (laughs) The ones that like just stay on the books and people are like, ah, we're not enforcing it. Okay, 
get rid of the law. So this was in the same article about the German wedding law. I guess they just have a problem with Germany. Because <laughs> they include another law. And at first I'm like, okay, why is this one strange too? Because in Germany, it's illegal to cause an unauthorized nuclear explosion, which seems like a fair law to have. I don't want anybody in the U.S. creating an unauthorized nuclear explosion. So I'm like, why is this weird? I found the actual law. Here's what's weird about it. Would you care to guess how much time in prison you can get for causing this nuclear explosion? 35 days. No, it's not that bad. Five years if it was intentional. But if it was only negligence, they knock it down to three years. I'm sorry, if you're so negligent- I said 35 that, days. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 35 days would be pretty ridiculously low, but five years for causing a nuclear explosion seems low. Even the three years for negligence. If you're so negligent that you cause a nuclear explosion, I don't think you should get out in three years. <laughs> I want to know where that nuclear explosion is happening. Would it be inside the country itself? Yeah, it would have to be if they're prosecuting it. But yeah, it's just such a weird law. Or not even weird law. It's just weirdly low punishments for that. Okay. Why don't you take us right into Urban Dictionary? Guys, it's kind of disappointing. Urban Dictionary hasn't been very good at all. I got one that made me chuckle, but like honestly disappointed because a lot of it has become political lately. So, and they just suck. So, my one Urban Dictionary for today is booger sugar. Is that cocaine? It is. Yeah. Where did you go, Dan? <laughs> It just made me chuckle because it was called booger sugar. <laughs> I don't know why my brain just immediately went that way. Hmm. Cocaine. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, Dan. Wait to end this on a high note. And it wasn't about poop. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, that'll wrap us up for this week. As always, please give us a star rating or review wherever you're finding your podcasts. And be sure to check us out at our website at mycajiggers.com. And you can always find us on Facebook at Jiggers Podcast, where you guys can let us know what you want us to watch next, what you want us to talk about, or what kind of games you want us to play. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Rest in peace, Chadwick. Chadwick.